This is a Reconstructionist Radio production. Please visit calcedon.edu. That's C-H-A-L-C-E-D-O-N dot E-D-U to download this book in PDF format or to purchase this book. The Cure of Souls, Recovering the Biblical Doctrine of Confession by Rusus John Rushduni. Copyright 2007, Mark R. Rushduni. Published by Calcedon Ross House Books. P.O. Box 158, Vallecito, California, 95251. All rights reserved. The Cure of Souls, Recovering the Biblical Doctrine of Confession by R.J. Rushduni. Chapter 33, Confession and Collection. One of the more baffling texts of scripture is found in Malachi 3, 8-12. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all the nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. End quote. What is baffling about this text is that something so obvious and a promise so clear should be routinely overlooked and neglected by professing Christians. Tithing and going above and beyond a tithe is a form of confession. We confess that the Lord is sovereign and that he is the landlord over all creation, from Psalm 24.1. We therefore give him his due when we tithe and we confess his lordship. When we fail to tithe, we rob him. St. Paul, in summoning believers to give for special collections, did so because of, quote, his awareness that salvation comes to men only as the free grace of God, end quote. Our Lord says, freely ye have received, freely give, from Matthew 10.8. Paul took up a special collection for the poor in Galatians 2.10. He had no hesitancy in doing so because it was for him an important expression of the fact that we are members of one another, from Ephesians 4.25. The Mosaic Law is full of requirements that covenant members help fellow believers in need. The Church, as the new Israel of God, Galatians 6.16, has this same obligation. To help one another and to tithe to the Lord is thus a means of confession, of confessing Christ. In Judaism, voluntary contributions were also gathered for scholars. In the medieval and reformation eras, scholars were supported by Christians as a necessary ministry. In Ephesians 4.11, pastors and teachers, or scholars, are placed together. According to Nicol, the collection had a theological significance for Paul. First, it expressed and put into practice Christian charity. 
Paul was here thinking of gifts above and over the tithe. Second, such gifts for diaconal mercies expressed Christian unity. Third, it represented the anticipation of Christian eschatology. Christ is for the Christian the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, from 1 Timothy 6.15. By means of our giving, Christians command the various spheres of life, worship, health, education, welfare and more. We witness thereby to Christ's lordship, his dominion and sovereignty over all spheres of life and thought. To tithe and to give more than the tithe is to confess Christ as Lord. Failure to tithe and give is a confession of sin, of a disregard for God's claim on us. Quote, It was characteristic that at the common meals of the community during which the most intense liturgical service was rendered to Christ in the celebration of the Lord's Supper, the provision for the needs of the poor occupied an essential place. It was simply a broadening of this function within a Christian community to extend the charitable relief from one Christian community to another, which resulted in the application of the term service to a monetary collection. End quote. Thus, the collection of money was not only a part of worship, but it was also a confession of faith and of community. A worshipper's giving is thus an act of faith and an expression of grace. The early church, by obeying God's law in this respect, confessed and declared itself to be the true Israel of God. From Galatians 6.16, Romans 9.6 and verses following, 11.5.17 and verses following, 1 Corinthians 10.18, Galatians 3.7 and 4.28, Philippians 3.3, etc. The collection witnesses to the presence of God's kingdom on earth and to its necessary rule. Not only the church collection, but also all giving to Christian ministries is an expression of that faith. Thus, when Paul took the relief money to Jerusalem, collected from Gentile churches, he took with him men from these Gentile churches, in Acts 21.16. This was a witness to Jerusalem that the church was now the true Israel of God, into which all the nations would come. Thus, Paul's arrival in Jerusalem was a mighty witness to an eschatological fact. It declared that the fulfilment was coming only in Christ. It is no wonder that Paul's arrest followed. His act of charity was a confession of faith that the fulfilment of all the prophecies of old are in Jesus Christ and him alone. This was a direct contradiction of the hope and faith of the Pharisees. Not surprisingly, Many dispensationalists who are antinomian and do not tithe see God's love of the Jews as unconditional. Hence, there is for them no dominion mandate, no law, no belief that God's kingdom will prevail in history. It will, for them, come only through old Israel. For the logical dispensationalist, tithing is no longer necessary. And in rejecting the requirement of the tithe, Dispensationalists unconsciously confess a hope in the Pharisees' Messiah, not in Jesus Christ as King and Lord. Giving thus to the Church and to various Christian ministries is a confession of faith. When we tithe and when we give above and over the tithe, we confess that Christ is King, 
that Christ as King requires our taxes in order to establish his dominion in and through us. The offering, therefore, is a confession of faith. It is an admission that we and all that we have are God's property. Many of the offertory responses state this. A familiar one is, All things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own have we given thee. Amen. Another, by John Greenleaf Whittier, 1807-1892, declares, quote, All things are thine, no gifts have we, Lord of all gifts to offer thee, and hence with grateful hearts today thine own before thy feet we lay. End quote. Another, by the Reverend Samuel Longfellow, 1886, confesses thus, quote, Bless thou the gifts our hand have brought, bless thou the work our hearts have planned, ours is the faith, the will, the thought, the rest, O God, is in thy hand. End quote. Perhaps most familiar is the offertory response written by Bishop W. Walsham Ho, 1864. Quote, we give thee but thine own, whate'er the gift may be. All that we have is thine alone, a trust, O Lord, from thee. End quote. Various communions have other offertory responses. Let us consider for a moment the meaning of that familiar term, offertory responses. These are all brief hymns of thanks to the Lord for the privilege of giving and of being members of his kingdom of grace. This is an unusual and remarkable fact. No sane man sings a hymn of thanks as he posts or delivers his tax payment to the Federal Internal Revenue Service. Perhaps that agency would call itself the police if someone burst into a grateful song on delivering his tax money, and rightly so. Christians, however, commonly sing as their offerings are presented. More, they usually stand and sing. Now, in our time, as often before, this has become no more than a thoughtless ritual, and its meaning is forgotten or neglected. However, not only are hymns a confession, often of both sin and of God's grace, but so too is the offertory. We cannot limit it to the offering in the church, but must see all giving to Christian ministries in any and every field as a form of confession. If we give primarily to ourselves, we confess thereby that we are our own gods, from Genesis 3.5. If we give perfunctorily to the church, we can thereby show that we are mindful of the forms and are keeping a toe in Christ's house. If we tithe and give above and over a tithe, and if we give wisely to those ministries best serving Christ and his kingdom, we then make a good confession. This is the end of chapter 33. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. 
And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.